Section 3, Paushya Parva. Suta said, Janamejaya, the son of Parikshit, attended a long sacrifice in Kurukshetra with his brothers. His three brothers were Shrutasena, Ugrasena and Bhimasena. As they sat at the sacrifice, a dog came there. Being beaten by Janamejaya's brothers, the weeping dog went to his mother. On seeing him cry, the mother said, Why are you yelping? Who has beaten you? On hearing this, he told his mother, I have been beaten by Janamejaya's brothers. Then the mother said, You must have committed some wrong that you were beaten. He replied, I did not commit any wrong. I did not lick the sacrificial ghee. I did not even look at it. On hearing this, his mother Sarama felt sorry for the misery of her son and went to the place where Janameja and his brothers were attending the long sacrifice. She angrily addressed Janameja, My son committed no wrong. He did not lick your sacrificial ghee. He did not even look at it. Why did you then beat him? Since you beat my son, who committed no wrong, evil will befall you when you least expect it. On hearing these words of Sarama, dog of the gods, Janameja was saddened and miserable. Once the sacrifice was over, he returned to Hastinapura and took great effort to find a priest who would counteract the effect of the curse and pacify the effects of his sin. One day, Janamejaya, the son of Parikshit, went out on a hunt and saw a hermitage in a lonely part of his kingdom. A rishi named Shrutashrava lived there and he had a beloved son named Somashrava. Desiring to make the son his priest, Janamejaya, the son of Parikshit, saluted the rishi and said, O Bhagavan, Please allow your son to be my priest. Thus addressed by Janameja, the sage replied, O Janameja, my son is a great ascetic and is endowed with learning, but he was born to me in the womb of a snake that had swallowed my semen. He can absolve you from all sins except those committed against Mahadeva. However, he has a secret vow. If a Brahmana asks for anything from him, he always gives it away. If you can accept that, take him with you. Thus addressed, Janameja replied, O Bhagavan, it shall be as you say. He then accepted him as his priest and returned. Janameja then told his brothers, I have accepted this person as my teacher. Without questioning, you must always do what he asks you. The brothers did what they were asked. Giving these instructions to his brothers, he marched against the kingdom of Takshashila and brought it under his control. At that time, there was a rishi named Ayodhya He had three disciples named Upamanyu, Aruni and Veda. One day, the sage asked the disciple Aruni from the land of Panchala to go and stop a breach in the dike. On his preceptor's instruction, Aruni of Panchala went there but could not stop the breach. He was sorry at this but then found a way and said, This is what I will do. He entered the breach and lay himself down there and the flow of water stopped. After some time, the preceptor Ayodha Dhaumya asked his other disciples where Aruni of Panchala was. They replied, O Bhagavan, he has been sent to you to stop the breach in the dike. By you to stop the breach in the dike. Thus told, he said to his disciples, Let us all go to where he is. Having gone there, he cried out in these words, O Aruni of Panchala, where are you? Come here, my son. Hearing his preceptor's voice, Aruni rose from the breach in the dike, stood before his preceptor and said, I was in the breach in the dike to stop the flow of water that could not be stopped in any other way. It is only when I heard your revered words that I suddenly came to you and allowed the breach again. O oh Bhagavan, I salute you. Please tell me what your instructions are now. 
Thus addressed, the preceptor replied, Since you have opened the flow of waters by standing up from the breach in the dike, you will henceforth be known as Uddalaka. The preceptor also blessed him. Since you have obeyed my instructions, you will obtain good fortune. All the Vedas will shine in you and also all the Dharma Shastras. Hearing these words of his preceptor, Aruni went to the land where he wished to go. Ayodhya had another disciple named Upamanyu. To him, the preceptor said, go, go, my son, and look after my cows. As instructed by his preceptor, he went and looked after the cows. After looking after the cows during the day, he returned to the preceptor's house in the evening, stood before him, and respectfully saluted him. On seeing him in the best of health, his preceptor asked, Upamanyu, my son, how do you support yourself? You are very fat. He replied to his preceptor, I support myself by begging. The preceptor replied, You should not use arms you receive from begging without first offering them to me. As instructed, he looked after the cows again. After looking after them, he returned before his preceptor and saluted him again. The preceptor, on seeing him as fat as before, said, Upamanyu, my child, I take all your arms away from you. How do you support yourself now? Being thus asked, he told his preceptor, O Bhagwan, after giving you all my arms, I go out and beg again to support myself. The preceptor replied, That is not the way to obey your preceptor. When you behave thus, you deprive others of their sustenance. You have shown that you are covetous. Having agreed to his preceptor's words, he went away to look after the cows. Having done that, he returned to his preceptor's house, stood before him, and respectfully saluted him. On seeing that he was still fat, the preceptor said again, I take all your arms and you do not go out to beg for a second time. How do you support yourself now? He replied to his preceptor, I live on the milk of these cows. The preceptor replied, It is not right for you to drink the milk without first asking for my permission. He agreed to his preceptor's words and went to look after the cows. Having done that, he returned to his preceptor's house, stood before him and respectfully saluted him. On seeing that he was still fat, the preceptor said, You do not support yourself through arms. You do not go begging for a second time. You do not drink milk, but you are still fat. How do you support yourself now? Thus questioned, he replied to his preceptor, I drink the froth the calves throw out when they drink at their mother's udders. The preceptor replied, The good calves throw out generous quantities of froth out of kindness towards you. But if you act like this, you deprive the calves of their sustenance. It is not proper for you to drink the froth. Upamanyu agreed to his preceptor's words and went to look after the cattle, without food. Having been prevented, he did not seek alms. He did not go begging a second time. He did not drink the milk. He did not drink the froth. One day in the forest, suffering from hunger, he ate the leaves of the arka tree. His eyes were affected by the acrid, pungent, bitter and unripe arka leaves and he went blind. Wandering blindly around, he fell into a well. When he did not return, the preceptor told his students, I have forbidden Upamanyu everything and perhaps he is angry. That is the reason he has not returned and has stayed out so long. Having said this, he went to the forest and cried out in a, lo in a loud voice to Upamanyu, Oh Upamanyu, where are you? Come here, my son. On hearing his preceptor's voice, he replied, Oh preceptor, I am here. I have fallen into a well. The preceptor asked, How did you fall into this well? He said, I ate the leaves of the arka tree and went blind. That is how I fell into the well. The preceptor replied, Sing praises of the two Ashwins. Those divine physicians will restore your sight.
on hearing this he began to worship the ashwins with with verses from the rig veda after his worship the ashwins replied many years ago your preceptor once worshiped us we were pleased and gave him a cake he ate it without offering it to his preceptor you should do what he had then done thus addressed he replied o ashwins i crave your pardon i cannot eat this cake without offering it to my preceptor the ashwin said we are pleased with your devotion to your preceptor your preceptor has teeth made of black iron yours will be golden your sight will be restored and you will have a good fortune thus addressed by ashwins he regained his sight he returned to his preceptor saluted him and told him everything he was very pleased with him and told him he would obtain good fortune as the ashwins had promised all the vedas would be manifest to him this was his trial the other disciple of ayodhadhamya was named veda one day his preceptor told him veda my son stay here in my house and serve your preceptor fortune will be yours he gave his promise and repeat and remained for a long time in his preceptor's house always obeying his preceptor like a bull always yoked to pull a heavy load he endured the difficulties of heat and cold hunger and thirst and never complained after a long time had passed his preceptor was satisfied with him because of his preceptor's satisfaction he obtained complete knowledge and good fortune this was his trial having received his preceptor's permission he returned home from his preceptor's house and embarked upon the household stage of life three disciples came to live with him but he never asked them to undertake any work or serve him in any way since he had himself suffered the miseries of living in his preceptor's house he did not wish to be severe on his disciples after some time had passed two kshatriyas janmeja and paushya came to the brahmana veda and chose him as their preceptor one day he had to leave to officiate at a sacrifice he told one of his disciples named uttanka to look after his house uttanka he said whatever needs to be done in my house perform it without negligence leaving these instructions veda went away on his journey uttanka lived in his preceptor's house always following his preceptor's instructions when he lived there the women of his preceptor's household assembled near him and told him your preceptor's wife is at the right period for conception and your preceptor is away from home you must stand in his place and ensure that her period does not go barren thus addressed by the women he replied it is not proper for me to do this at the request of women my preceptor has not asked me to do anything that is not proper after some time his preceptor returned home from his journey he heard everything that had happened and was very pleased he told him uttanka my son what favor can i bestow upon you you have faithfully served me in accordance with what is proper consequently the fondness we have for each other has increased i grant you permission to leave go and all your desires will be fulfilled thus addressed he replied let me do what you wish for it is said he who asks without rightfully giving in return and he who gives without rightfully receiving in return one of those will die an enmity created between them now that you have given me permission to leave i wish to give my preceptor what he desires on hearing this the preceptor replied uttanka my son wait for some time after some time uttanka again told his preceptor command to me as to what i should give my preceptor his preceptor then replied uttanka my son you have asked me many times about what to give to your preceptor 
Go to my wife and ask her what you should bring her as a gift. Bring what she wants. Thus instructed by his preceptor, Uttanka went to his preceptor's wife and said, Oh madam, my preceptor has given me permission to go home, but I wish to bring a gift that brings pleasure and then go home, free of my debt. Command me as to what I should bring as a preceptor's gift. Thus addressed, his preceptor's wife said, replied, Go to King Paushya and get from him the earrings that his queen wears. Bring those here. Four days from now, the day is holy. On that day, I wish to appear radiant before the brahmanas and serve them wearing those earrings. If you can do this, good fortune will be yours. Thus instructed by his preceptor's wife, Uttanka took his leave. When he was passing along the route, he met an extraordinarily large bull and an extraordinarily large man riding on it. The man addressed Uttanka, O oh, Uttanka, eat the dung of this bull. Though thus addressed, Uttanka refused. The man said again, Uttanka, eat it, do not hesitate. Your preceptor has himself eaten it before. Thus addressed, Uttanka agreed and ate the bull's dung and drank the bull's urine and then left for where the Kshatriya Paushya was. As he came near, Uttanka found him seated. Uttanka saluted him and said, I have come to you as someone who asks. The other answered, O Bhagwan, I am Paushya. What can I do? Uttanka told him, I have come to ask for a pair of earrings your wife wears to give them as a gift to my preceptor. Please give me those earrings. He told him, Go to the inner apartments of the palace and ask the queen. He did as he had been asked, went to the inner apartments, but could not see the queen. He again told Pasha, You should not treat me with a lie. Your queen is truly not in the inner apartment. I could not see her. Thus addressed, Pasha thought for a while and said, You must be defiled with leftover food. Try and remember. The queen cannot be seen by anyone who is defiled with leftover food. Since she is faithful to her husband, she doesn't appear before anyone thus defiled. Thus addressed, Uttanka thought for a while. Remembering, he said, Yes, that's true. Since I was in a hurry, I performed my ablutions while I was walking. Pasha retorted, This is a breaking of the rules. Ablution cannot be performed while standing or walking. Uttanka agreed and sat down facing the east. He first washed his hands, face and feet properly. Then, silently, he thrice sipped just enough water, free from scum and froth, to reach his heart. He then washed twice and cleaned his orifices with water. Having done this, he entered the inner apartment and saw the queen. On seeing him, the queen stood up, saluted him with respect and said, O Bhagwan, welcome. Command me as to what I should do for you. He told her, You should give me your earrings. I asked for them because I wished to give them as a gift to my preceptor. She was pleased at his direct words and thought that such a worthy recipient could not be refused. Therefore, she took off her earrings and gave them to him and told him, Takshaka, the king of the Nagas, wants these earrings. Please be careful when carrying them. Thus addressed, he told the queen, Madam, be, be reassured. Takshaka, king of the Nagas, cannot overpower me. Having said that, he took leave of the queen and went to Paushya. He told him, O oh, Paushya, I am very pleased. Paushya replied, O oh, Bhagwan, you are a guest of many qualities. After a long time, we have found a worthy recipient in you. Therefore, I wish to perform a shraddha. Stay for some time. Then Uttanka said, Yes, I will wait, but I wish to leave quickly. Please bring whatever food is ready. As asked, he offered food that was readily available. 
Utanka saw that the food that was brought him was cold and had a hair in it. He considered the food unclean and told Pausha, "Because you have offered me unclean food, you will go blind." In return, Pausha replied, "Since you have rendered unclean what was clean food by saying that it was unclean, you will be without offspring." Then Pausha inspected the cleanliness of the food closely. Because the food had been prepared by a woman who had not braided her hair, Pausha found that the food was cold and had a hair in it and was unclean. He pacified Uttanka, "O oh Bhagwan, the food placed before you was cold, had a hair in it, and was unclean. This was an error, and I seek your pardon. Please don't make me go blind." Uttanka replied, "What I say must happen. You will go blind, but you will recover your eyesight soon." grant me that your curse on me should also not have effect pausha said i cannot take back my curse even if i want to even now my anger has not been pacified don't you know that a brahmana's heart is as soft as butter even though his words are like sharp razors the kshatriya is not like that his words are soft like butter but his heart is a, is like a sharp instrument since that is the case i cannot take back my curse because my heart is still sharp please go Then Uttanka said, "I showed you the unclean food that was placed before me and allowed you to pacify me. Before that, you said I would be without offspring because I rendered clean food unclean. But the food was unclean. Therefore, your curse will have no effect. Enough." Saying this, Uttanka left, taking the earrings with him. On his way, Uttanka saw a naked mendicant come towards him. He was sometimes visible and sometimes invisible. Placing the earrings on the ground, Uttanka went for some water. The mendicant quickly came to the place, picked up the earrings and ran away. Then Uttanka dashed after him and seized him. Then Takshaka suddenly gave up his disguise, assumed his real form and disappeared into a large hole in the ground. Entering the world of the Nagas, he went to his own home. Uttanka followed him through the same hole and on entering the place, praised the Nagas with the following words: "O oh, snakes, subjects of king airavata you are don battles you shower like clouds driven by wind and charged with lightning o offspring of airavata handsome and many formed bedecked with earrings of many colors you shine like the sun in the sky many are the habitations of the nagas on the northern banks of the ganga i salute all of you who have airavata as their elder brother whether they live near him or far away I salute Takshaka son of Kadru who has always lived in Kurukshetra in the Khandava region. I must also salute Takshaka's youngest brother the great soul Shrutasena who lived in Mahadyumna in a desire to become the chief of the Nagas. When he saw that in spite of the salutations he did not get back the earrings he saw two women weaving a cloth on a loom. There were black and white threads in the loom. He also saw a wheel being turned by six boys. and a man who was handsome he praised them with the following mantras six boys keep turning this wheel with 360 spokes perpetually moving in a cycle of 24 divisions two young women representing the universe are continually weaving with black and white threads creating worlds and beings of the past and the present o master of the thunderbolt o protector of the worlds the killer of ritra and the destroyer of namuchi O great souled one who is dressed in black who brings out truth and untruth in the worlds Then the handsome man said to him I am pleased with your salutations what can i do to please you 
He then told him, Let the serpents be in my power. Then the man said again, Blow into this horse's anus. He then blew into the horse's anus, and from all the horse's orifices that were blown into, there billowed out flames and smoke. This burnt down the world of the Nagas. Then the alarmed Takshaka, scared of being burnt by the fire, took the earrings, fled from his palace, and told Uttanka, Please take back these earrings. Uttanka took the earrings back. But having taken them back, began to think, Today is a sacred day mentioned by my preceptor's wife. I have come very far away. How can I then give these to her? As he was thus thinking, the man said, Uttanka, get on this horse. It will instantly take you back to your preceptor's house. He agreed, mounted the horse, and reached his preceptor's house. After bathing, the preceptor's wife was dressing her hair, thinking that if Uttanka did not come, she would curse him. At that time, Uttanka entered, saluted her, and gave her the earrings. She said, Uttanka, you have come at the right time in the right place. Welcome, my son. You have been fortunate that I have not cursed you. May good fortune be with you. Then Uttanka saluted his preceptor and his preceptor said, Welcome, Uttanka, my son. What took you so long? Uttanka replied, Takshaka, king of the Nagas, cast impediments in my path and I had to go to the world of the Nagas. There, I saw two women weaving a cloth with black and white threads on a loom. What did that mean? I saw a wheel with twelve spokes being drawn by six boys. What did that mean? I also saw a man. Who was he? I saw an extraordinarily large horse. What was that? And, as I was walking on my way along the road, I saw a man mounted on a bull. He respectfully addressed me as Uttanka and asked me to eat the bull's dung as my preceptor had done. On being requested by the man, I ate the bull's dung. Who was the man? Please instruct me. What did all this mean? Thus addressed, the preceptor told him, The two women you saw are Datta and Vidatta. The black and white threads represent night and day. The wheel with twelve spokes is a year with twelve months, and the six boys turning it are the six seasons. The man is Parjanya. The horse is Agni. The bull you saw on the way is Airavata, the king of the elephants. The man who rode it is Indra. The bull's dung that you ate is the nectar of, a, of immortality. It is certainly because you ate this that you were not killed in the world of the Nagas. Indra is my friend, and it is because of his kindness that you have returned with the earrings. Now, amiable Uttanka, I give you permission to go. You will obtain good fortune. Having received his preceptor's permission, Uttanka went towards Hastinapura, angry with Takshaka and wishing to seek revenge. In a short while, the good Brahmana Uttanka reached Hastinapura and went to King Janameja, who had only recently returned victorious from Takshashila. He saw him seated, surrounded by his advisors. He uttered blessings of victory, as was proper, and then addressed him in words that had the right tone and meter. O best of kings, you are spending your time in juvenile pursuits when an important duty urgently demands your attention. Thus addressed by the Brahmana, King Janameja saluted him, as was proper, and said in a gracious tone, I perform the duties of my Kshatriya birth by looking after my subjects. Tell me, O king of Brahmanas, what should I do? I am obediently waiting for your words. Having been thus addressed by that best of kings, the best of Brahmanas, superior because of his good deeds, replied thus, O king of kings, it was Takshaka who performed violence on your father. Therefore, you should take vengeance on that evil-souled serpent. 
I think the time has come for you to take revenge, as destiny has ordained. Go, O king, and take revenge for the death of your great soul father, who caused no offence, but succumbed to the five elements like a tree struck by thunder, having been bitten by this evil-souled serpent. Drunk with power, Takshaka, worst of the serpent race, committed a crime when he bit your godlike father, the protector of the lineage of royal sages among kings. The evil one even repulsed Kashyapa. It is right for you, O king, to burn the evil one in the blazing fire of a snake's sacrifice. Do what is necessary and you will avenge your father. Thus, O king, you will also do me a great favour. O king of the world, O king who are pure, it was that evil one who obstructed me when I went on my preceptor's work. On hearing these words, the king was angry with Takshaka. As he stokes the sacrificial fire, offerings of Uttanka's words inflamed him. In Uttanka's presence, the sorrowful king asked his advisors the details about his father's ascent to heaven. When he heard from Uttanka the circumstances of his father's death, the king of kings was overcome with sorrow and grief.